0: Give a little love to everybody in Montgomeryville watching online. Good to be with you. If you're on vacation, we're jealous, we hate you, but we're glad you're having fun. And so, uh, if you're here physically in the house with us uh, today, today starts the beginning of, of what we call Journey, Journey Summer. And so, uh, last week was family reunion. If you came over to the park with us, we had an amazing time. Uh, we had a competition, that was awesome. Anybody at the park last week saw, saw all those water buffalo dudes? descending over the hill right on the black team you know what we're talking about we were doing like competition and none of my the like, guys that like I thought we're going to we're going to we're going to play played, so we were losing and then it was tug of war time and it was literally like and they were just they just came on, on on the hill and we broke the rope there was so much there was so much Girths on that on that thing, they just they broke the rope, and so it was it was a am- it was awesome. we got it on video I'm like I'm never going to forget this moment, and then the black team won, and so I got the trophy sitting out and i don't have an office right now, but it's sitting where my office hopefully one day will be and so uh, but man we starting this this journey summer for the next ten weeks uh every every sunday we're going to do something a little bit different so today we started we started uh, uh, with something easy we gave you uh, let me get it the right way. Coolant towel? I didn't even know what this was. I thought this was something you, you you go, you whip people with. And so that's what I'm going to use it for. And so, but apparently you can, you can, you can rub it, you know, do like this and look, look all cute with it and make a do-rag out of it, something like that. And so uh, hopefully you got one of these when you, when you got here, if I'm preaching and it's good, we can do this today. You can just wave it. Let's just practice that. Everybody just wave it. Just come on, just come on. You got eight o'clock service didn't help me at all. And so just wave it, right? Don't worry about the person behind you. You just wake them up, right? And so you just... You just wake, wake them up. And so hopefully you got one of these one before you, before you leave. Get one if you haven't. Uh, today, we're also starting a new sermon series uh, called Axiom. Axiom. And so the reason we're doing this sermon series is uh, a few years ago in the summer, I did a sermon series based on uh, Jesus and his leadership principles. We just called it principles. Like, let me just give you some, some truth from the greatest leader that this world has ever known so whether you're here and then you're not going to be here for a few weeks and then you come back you wherever whatever time you come to church you're going to be able to pick up right where, where you left off we're going to just go through different axioms so you are like what, what is an axiom and an axiom let me just let me just give you some uh, real life axioms that, that you've heard before axioms uh actions speak louder than right you've heard that before that's 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 true right like an axiom is is a truth, something that will never bend. Like it's it's true. You can take it to the bank. Actions speak louder than words. We we've, we've heard this before. The early bird catches the. Right. You want to be great, you gotta get up early. That's that's true. Like you you want to like you you want to you want to be do something significant with your life. You you gotta you gotta get up, man. Get get after it, right? And so uh, I like this one. Practice makes. You ever meet somebody that want to be good at something but they don't practice, right? AI, right? And so like we just. We're talking about practice. No, you, you want to be great at something, you got to put the time in. Oh, we've heard this before. You can't judge a book by it. Right? Kind of true. You know, sometimes not. And so sometimes it walks like a duck, it talks like a duck. That's a duck, right? And so, right? And so but an axiom, it's a truth that won't bend. And here, here's why I want to I do this. I think um, that Jesus is the greatest leader that this world has ever known. And it is a, if you are a follower of Christ, if you're a Christian, you have the amazing ability to have the cheat code to life. But Jesus didn't just come to die on the cross for our sins so that we can have eternal life. That is, that is I would say, the main reason he, he came, right? Like, he accomplished that mission. But he also came to give us a purpose-filled, abundant, blessed, uh, filled with, with direction life. He, he, he speaks things. And here's the problem with so many of us. We'll listen to Jesus, but we don't really fully trust him. It's difficult. But if I could get you to begin to just lean into these different axioms, these truths that Jesus taught us that are take it to the bank, cheat coast life. If you would live like this, here's how Jesus tells you life will turn out. So next week we're going we're gonna to talk about uh, taking the high road. Jesus, it, it, one, one axiom he said, he said, turn the other cheek. Anybody have a hard time doing that? I hate turning the other cheek, right? Like I hate. I hate overlooking something I hate taking the high road anybody else I can't leave stuff alone and so I don't like that teaching but Jesus says here's an act, here's a truth always take the high road turn the other cheek so if you have a hard time next week we're gonna we're gonna preach that message and then good news we're gonna have a time of prayer and communion at the end and some of you are gonna need to pray your way through that right prayer and communion at the end. And so today I want to talk to you on, 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 on an axiom that I think is super important. One of the most significant things that Jesus taught that is so simple, that was so common when I was a child, that the, the, the statement by Jesus was actually, I, I grew up in Boyertown. I went to Boyertown Elementary School and so until eighth grade, then my parents sent me to a private school. I needed to get saved. And so, like, I, I needed reforming. And so, but until, until then, I went to Boardtown Elementary. And at my public school, like, if this was at a private school, you know, I would get it, right? But at my public school in my sixth grade class, I'm not, I don't remember who my teacher was, uh, but my sixth grade class, she had a poster. So I have very distinct memories of Boardtown Elementary School. I, I remember the, watching Reading Rainbow on the TV. You guys remember that? with Lamar. I remember Bob Ross, right? I, uh, I, I remember certain things, but, but I, I distinctly have this memory of this poster that was in uh, my classroom. It was to the left, and so I remember we looked forward like this, and the, the door, there was the left, and they had closets, and on the closet doors, my teacher had different posters, and one of the posters said, the golden rule. The golden rule. Something you probably wouldn't see in a public school today. You see different things today in public school, and so uh, the golden rule, and it said this. It said, do unto others, you guys ever heard this, what you want done to you. Now it didn't say Jesus on it, it just said the golden rule. Do unto others as you want done to you. Now if you are a, uh, a person who is, you know, cultured in religion, you'll, you'll know, know that a lot of world religions say something very similar to that. If you don't read them slow, they almost sound I- identical, like in, in Hinduism, in, in Hinduism. It says, this is the sum of duty. Do not do to others what would cause pain if done to you, right? Kind of true. Kind of the same, but not totally the same. Buddhism says, hurt not others in ways that you yourself would find hurtful. Confucianism, right? Which confuses me. says, do not do to others what you do not want them to do to you. Here's how Jesus says it. And if you're not careful because you meet people like all religions are the same mm, not really all all, all religions are, are not the same right like religion is what do you got to do to get to God Jesus is what did God do to get to you there, there's a difference religion says you behave then God will love you do enough good and Jesus says you can't behave so I came and died on the cross for your sins and it's all about my grace that'll change your life Right? And here's what Jesus says. Watch what he says in Luke 6, verse number 31. He says, do to others as you would have them do to you. What's the difference? Every other religion that stakes this says, do not do. Right? Let's, let's do not do this. Right? Because if you do this, you're going to go, you're going go to go to hell or you're going to go wherever they go. You're going to become a, you know, a cat in your next life. If you don't do this, you're going to become a tree. Right? I, like, what, whatever that looks like for you. Right? Jesus says, let's not talk about what you're not going to do, because you always do the wrong thing anyways, right? Like, it's all about the grace. But after you experience my grace through the cross that I'm going to, my blood I'm going to shed for you, right? We just sang about the power of the blood. Here's a leadership axiom for your life that will completely change your life. Now, I want to remind you, John chapter 10, Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd, you can trust me. I'm the good shepherd. I want to protect you. I want to keep the danger out of your life. I want to bring blessing and abundance to your life. He says the thief has come to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to ruin your life. I've come to give you life and life to the what? Anybody know what it says? So I'm just of the belief that if you're a Christian, that you should be living a full life. I don't get it when, when Christians are, act like they're bored all the time. I don't get it when churches, are, it feels like a funeral. Like you come in and you're like, I'm here. Right? You ever been around, like, you're like, why, why, why are we here today? Why, why do you look like that right now? Right? Why, why are you so miserable? Why do you, why, why do we talk about, you ever meet somebody like, oh, it's so difficult to follow Jesus. I'm missing out on so much. If I could just, you're like, you're missing out on what? You're missing out on addiction, brokenness, divorce. What are, what are you missing out on? You're missing out on hopelessness. What does Jesus say? I've come to bring you life, eternal life, but what else? And life to the full on this side of eternity. I want to bring you abundance. I I, I want to bring you blessing. I want to open up doors in your life. I want to take you on a spiritual adventure in your life. I just think that's what Jesus came to do. I think that's the life that we're designed to live. And so he teaches us these axioms. What is it? Do to others as you would have them do to you. So here, here's the first axiom I want to teach you. Next week we're going to teach you the high road, right? From turning your cheek. Axiom number one. This is this is really important. I've taught our church this a few years back, probably 2017. It's something I try to live my life by, teach my kids, build this church with. Every decision that I make, I'm filtering through this. Here, here's off the off the golden rule: be what you want to see. Be Everybody say be. be. Come on, act like you're awake, right? Be, be. what you want to see. And here's why it's so important. How many of you right now, don't raise your hand, but how many of you are asking God for something specific in your life right now? Right? Uh, hopefully a lot of us. You, get 100, you, you don't get 100% of things you don't ask for, right? So you should just be asking all the time. Bible says you have not because you ask not. Right? looks like you know I just don't want to get greedy. You realize you're speaking to the guy who owns a cattle on a thousand. I don't know what that looks like, but that means he has everything, right? He doesn't want you to go through life. He wants you to be thankful and grateful and count your blessings, but. He's the God that blesses. He's the God that enlarges territory. He's the God of of, of abundance, right? And so there's things in our lives. I'm I'm just telling you, there's things in my life right now that I'm going, okay, God, I want you to do this in my life. I would love for you to open up this door. I would love for you to take us to this this area as a church. I would love this opportunity. I would love for you to do this in my kids' lives. Anybody praying for something for your kids? I would love for you to do just this. Just do this one thing in my kids' lives, God. God, I would love for you. In my marriage, I would love this opportunity. God, I would love this door to be open. I'm asking God all the time. The Bible says, I have not because I ask not. It says, I don't have it because I don't have the, si- the faith the size of a mustard seed. And so I'm Googling that. Okay, God, I at least got the faith the size of a mustard seed. Every one of us here in Montgomeryville Online, there's things that you're asking God to do in your life. And here's, here's what Jesus is trying to teach you. Before you see God do something in your life, before you see it, you got to be it. Write it down somewhere. Before you see, it, let me let me give you an example. So, years ago, I, I spent, I was a pastor, I was looking around at churches and I was like, I don't want my church to be like that. You ever do that? You're in a business owner, you're like, I don't want my business to be like that. You're on a school, I don't want my kids to be like this at this school. You ever look at people in their in their kids? You're like, I don't want my kids to turn out like that. Like I want something to, to, be, to be different, right? And so I, and you start, I want something to be different. I want something to be different. I want something to be different. So years ago, I, I was like, man, I want people to want to come to church. You know what I'm talking about? Like I want to pastor a church where it's exciting on Sunday morning. Like people want to be there. It doesn't feel like you're going to a funeral. It doesn't feel like you're only having a, like an organs playing, like the, the, the phantom of the opera's going on. And you're the, like it feels like people are excited and they like each other and they're smiling right? And when they get to church, I want them to want to sit close because sometimes I notice in church, everybody fights for the back seat. We sit as close as we can for a Taylor Swift concert. We'll spend $7,000, right, to go. At church where the presence of God is, we fight for the back seat. right? We come in late. We scoot our way in. I'm like, I don't want to be a part of a church like that. God, I don't want to spend my time doing this with my life. God, I want to pastor a different church. I started praying, God, please make Journey Church different. Please make Journey Church different. Make the people smile. God, you can do it, right? You knock down the walls of Jericho. You can cause them to go up and not down in their facial expression. God, would you do this? And I remember, I remember I got convicted. I started reading through scriptures. I started seeing, do unto others as you want done to you. Be what you want to see. And I used to go to these pastor pastor events. I was a young man. iPhone just came out. And uh, you've never been to a a pastor's meeting. It's boring. Just be honest with you. A pastor's meeting reflects the culture of, of the church most of the time. It is it's monotone. It's coffee breath, right? It's, it's 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 on your phone. I got stuff to do. Everybody's super busy there, right? And so they're on their phones. People get up to talk. You know, guy gets up to share information about an event. Everybody we're, we're sitting as far back as they can. So I was just falling into that culture. I was sitting as far back as I could. The iPhone had just come out, so I'm on Facebook and MySpace and all these things on my phone, and, and I'm I'm wasting time. And I have to go to the bathroom, right? Like I I'm 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 27 years old, and so. So I got to pee 16 times during the thing. And so I go out and I would hang out in the, in, in the, in the lobby and talk to people and then come back in and just have a very irreverent attitude towards the pastoral meeting. And, and it listen, to me it deserved it because it was boring. And I remember I was asking God, God, create a place at Journey Church where people want to come to church and nobody, nobody, nobody's falling asleep. And if they are, we just whip them with a the towel. And, we, we and uh, I remember God said, you are asking me to do something at your church that you don't currently do he didn't verbally say this to me I hate when pastors say that right God, but I remember feeling and I the presence of God the Holy Spirit convicted me and I knew what I had to do and so the next pastors meeting didn't change how boring it was didn't change the length of it but the Holy Spirit said sit as close as you possibly can I remember I was walking up the aisle I was like is this close enough <laughs> go up three more rows is this close enough God, there's not even a row in front of me right now for me to put my feet in the chairs. Go to the front. and I, I walked all the way to the front, and then I went to get my phone out, and the Holy Spirit said, <laughs> and I put it on airplane mode. I stuck it back in my pocket. I didn't take a piece of paper out. I didn't color in the circles on a piece. On you know what I'm talking about? I just sat there, and I looked, and I stayed engaged in what they were It didn't make it any less boring. Let's just be honest, Right? But every time I go, I, I felt the Spirit say, sit as close as you can to the front. Because with the reverence and the honoring spirit you give to that person in front, you do to others what you want done to you. Amen. See, the problem is, here's the problem with this, with this whole thing, is this puts a lot of what's going wrong in your life in your lap. A, a lot of the things that you want, you're like, you're like I want my kids to turn out different and I I want my kids to want to be around someday and I want my kids to want to come home and have family meals and I want to live a slower life when I get older meanwhile you haven't eaten with your kids one time in the last 17 weeks and when you do eat with them they drive you nuts like this is why we don't eat together ever But I want them one day to want to come home and be in the calm and the tranquility of this house. Like it's never been like that before. And so you're going to ask God to do something in your life that you currently are not. Something like, I just, I want to see the faithfulness of God. Bro, you can't even come to church two weeks in a row. You can't, you, oh God, I just want you to be faithful to me, and God, will sing about your faithfulness. But listen, next week, we got this, and we got that, and we got this going on, and I want the faithfulness of God. And God says, I can't give you that. You got to be what you want to see in your life. Some of you are like, I want a good, godly spouse. Have you looked at yourself in the mirror lately? Have you taken a survey of your thought life, of what your eyes see, of your responsibility of your credit score have you done any of that recently are you ready to be a, a spouse a, a, especially men are you ready to lead a family are you ready to be responsible are you ready to carry more weight in your life no but I'm praying that God will bring me a wife to do that for me you got to be, are you tracking with me what you want to see this is a one of the greatest principles that you can learn from Jesus because it puts the power of what you want to see in your life that he does, his faithfulness, it puts it back into your own hands. What do I need to do currently in my life? What am I asking God for that he can't bring into my life because I'm not spiritually prepared for it? You got to be what you want to see. And here's here's why this is so important. Let me just give you a few thoughts. Three, be what you want to see, truths, right? Three truths to this. Here's the first one that's important. Because of this, there is no such thing, as luck now we we use the word blessed in church and that's a biblical word it's a good word you ever look at somebody and go they're so blessed what we really mean is they're so lucky and i hate them (laughs) we've been preaching right well you're like i'm happy for everybody okay all (laughs) right right They're so, they're so blessed, right? But if we're being honest, we'll just say, man, that person is, is lucky. And here's, here's what, I, what I think about that. So if you are a follower of, of Jesus Christ, the Bible says you've been adopted into the family of God. You are his, his son and daughter. He picked you. He wants you. Your, your, your relationship, your, your sonship, your daughtership, they're firmly rooted in his family. He loves you. Okay, so think about your kids. I have three boys, right? Do you think that I enjoy blessing and love one boy over the other boys in my family sometimes and so let's be honest. <laughs> but listen when I look at all of them I want I want I want this I want to give the same goodness I want to give the same financial blessing. I, 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 I want to. I want to. I, I, I love to take them all to get a new pair of shoes. I, I, I love to buy them all food. Like I find joy in, in that. Right? There's no such thing as well. Okay, one of them is more lucky than the other one, right? Or one of them I give more to, right? Because what would you say about me? They would say you're a horrible father. You're a horrible father because you play favorites. We do this with God, though. We'll be like, well, they. they, they they're just blessed. Like, I know God made me, but like, I feel like he just kind of took me as like the crumb kid. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just kind of got in by the skirt of the, my pants. Like, this other person, they got the pedigree and they got the good family and they got the good upbringing and, they, you know, they went to Bible college. So, like, it just makes sense that God's blessings find them. Like, you know me, like, I, I, you know, I'm kind of a problem, right? Like, I, I kind of mess up from time to time. And, you know, I got probably get a, the spiritual eye roll from God. And, like, he brings me in, but, like, I don't, I don't know. He puts me at the kid table, so to speak. Like, I don't know how much he wants to be around me, as if that's who God is as if any one of his children he he doesn't want to fully bless you, cause you to live a life of abundance, lead you, give you life and life to the full. He sees potential in you. He has purpose for you. Like when you come to the Lord, one of the identifying things of your spiritual life is I'm not an accident. God made me on purpose for a purpose. He put me on this earth for such a time as this to accomplish something historical for his kingdom. I I have something to bring to the table. I'm significant. And when you understand that about God, you also understand that he don't play favorites there's not some people that he just he wants to bless bless you bless them and he just wants to make your life super Difficult right and so the problem is we, we like to think that about God because it takes the responsibility off of our life And we'll be like well they just they just have it easier than me They just it's just been easier on them. They just had an easier upbringing an easier Easier this and I just want I want to there's no such thing as luck In fact, I put in my notes luck has no part in your story when your life is in the hands of your Savior, Luck has no part of your story. You ever meet somebody who's been really good at their job, really good at their job, and you judge them? You're like, oh, they, 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 it's been easy on them. They have the pedigree, and they have all this stuff, and I've met a lot of people who look at people, and they judge them, especially when you're not the boss. You'll judge your boss. You'll be like, they just, they, just, they, they, just, they just get paid too much, and they just do this, and they just do that. Hey, what time did you get to work today, bro? I was supposed to be here at 8.30. I rolled in here at 9.45. I needed a mental health, extra hour of sleep. Well, your CEO of your company has been here since 4.30 in the morning. He's doing things that you, she's doing things. Let me just make sure I include both sexes there. And so I want an email. And so (laughs) he, she is doing things that you have never done. So they have things that you don't have, but it's not about luck in their life. It's about effort and work. And desire and, and 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 put in the time and, and you look at people like i no no you ever look at somebody who's married the marriage is really good you're like i want a good marriage you know how much work it's been bro you know how much time you know how many fights they've had you know how many counseling sessions they've went to? You know how many cry sessions they've went to? You know how many seasons of difficulty? You know how many times they've fallen out of love and fall back in love? I mean, am I preaching right? You know how many times they've been tired of each other, but they just kept going through because they were in a season? And you want what they have, but you don't do what they do? As soon as your life gets difficult, you're like, I'm leaving. You got a job. You quit your job every couple, every couple months. Maybe you didn't even quit. You got this new phenomenon, quiet quitting. Please get off TikTok for your inspiration. The Bible says, do everything like you're doing it for the Lord. And so the problem is, you've quiet quit and you're asking God to give you a new job. And He says, I am not sending you to a new company because you're going to be a burden. And I don't call followers of me to be a burden anywhere. There is no such thing as luck in the Bible, there's promises. Promises need your participation. In fact, the Bible has over 3,500 promises in Scripture. And the Bible says, of all of those promises, no matter how many promises in 2 Corinthians 1, how many promises God has made, they are all yes in Christ. You can take it to the bank. Following Jesus, years ago I read this and I've, I've, I've gone back to it from time to time. Following Jesus takes work, it takes work. We don't treat it like that, but the Bible says to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It doesn't say work for your salvation. He's finished the work on the cross. But after you receive it, you should treat following Jesus like a craft. If you aspire to follow him, you ought to treat it like it's worthwhile to follow him. You ought to become a student of what he taught. You ought to work diligently at it. If you're not willing to work at it, you will get what you give. There's no such thing as luck. Being blessed has nothing to do with being lucky. It has everything to do with trusting the promises of God. In fact, I wrote this. When your actions reflect God's attributes and attitudes, then his blessings will naturally be attracted to you. We've been blessed that journey, but it hasn't been lucky. We've been blessed. told you last week about a building we were given and all sorts of other stuff that, that has happened to our church, but none of it's been luck. None of it. None of it's just happened by chance. I, I talk to pastors sometimes, like, I just, I just want what you have at Journey, and I just want to see the blessings, and I want to see the goodness of God. I'm like, hey, buddy, how long have you been at your church? This is my third church in five years. I'm like, what's going on? He's like, oh, God just keeps calling me. I'm like, well, what's, why is he calling you? Because are, people are mean. I can't stand them. So I go to this church, they're mean. I go to another church, they're mean again. I go to another church, they're mean. I'm like, if, if, listen, if you go to one church and people are mean, then you met mean people. If you go to every church and everybody's mean, you might be the butthead, bro, I'm just telling you. You know, like, I just want to see God's faithfulness, and I want to see God's you know, providence, and I want, to, I want a building like you, got, and I want all this stuff. And I'm like, you don't stay long enough. You don't, you don't commit enough. You don't give enough. You don't serve enough. You don't be what you want to see. You just want God to do it. You want to rub the genie. Okay, God, do something big in, in my life. And none of it has to do with luck. Luck is not part of your story. Let me give you a few more thoughts. Number two is this. Is, uh, then, if that's not true. Then you'll attract what you are, not what you want. You'll attract. So I meet business owners. I, I, my heart breaks for business owners because it's, I know how hard it is. Hard to find good help. Hard, hard, hard to have people that care about what you're doing. Hard, I, I get all that. Listen, we, we, we run a business. Church is, church is a business. It has business is people. You have people work for you. I, I, I get how hard it is to find people that love what you do as much as you, as you love it and give as much. And I, I, get, I get all that. And sometimes you talk to people, though, and they're like, I want better workers. And I want more generous people. And I want people that are this. And I want people that are that. And I just want to tell you biblically, you attract what you are, not what you want. You can make a list of all of the things that you want. You ever do this with somebody? You're like, okay, I'm going to find my perfect mate. I want them to be, be, be handsome and beautiful, and I want them to be tall and, and you're short. I want, them to be, I want them to be you know a faithful follower of Jesus Christ, and I want them to be a ser- have a servant's mindset, and I want them to be all this. And then you just don't find the person you're looking for ever. And it might be because you keep attracting what you are not what you want you, you attract it's it's take it t- take it to the bank you you attract if you want generosity to, to find you if you want commitment to find you then you need to be a committed generous person you attract what you are years ago there was this book it was kind of popular I think Oprah made it popular because it was called the secret the secret I don't it, it, people read a lot of Christians read it they're like this is amazing I was like this is not this is this is this is just because Oprah says it's true doesn't mean it's true right and so and, and, and in the book, the, the basis of the book is uh, you can think things into existence. You can just think about them. You just drive by. O- old school Christians in the 80s, the prosperity gospel, they used to call this before the, 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 the secret, they used to call this the name it and claim it theology. If you're old, you remember this. You would just drive by somebody's house and be like, that's mine, God. That's mine. That's mine. I don't care if they're a believer or not, and you love them and they worked hard. That's going to be my house. You ever do something like that? It's like praying that you win a sports game, right? God, would you just help my team to win a sports game? I know there's probably followers of you on the other team, and they've practiced harder than me, but God, could you just, in your providence, and your greatness, help us to win and cause them to lose, right? <laughs> it's a dumb prayer, right? Give me that. Na- Namely, claim it. It's all about, hey, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to speak the promises of God. I'm going to speak the promises of God. I'm going to speak the promises of God. That's not what the Bible says. I'm just going to proclaim the promises of God over my problems. I'm never going to do anything. I'm just going to proclaim it. What does Jesus say? Go do something about it. You attract you, you what you are, not what you want, right? And here's the problem. Here's the problem. Correcting others is always easier than reflecting on ourselves. So if I start to say, hey, maybe the problem is you are attracting what you are and so you got to change what you are so you can change what you see. You got to be it before you see it. It's easier for us to correct other people than it is for us to start doing a survey of ourselves say, man, there's some things that I got to change in my life. Years ago, I went to the beach. I had had my three boys there. Uh, Going to the beach with little kids is one of the dumbest things in the world. It's not fun. Let's just be honest, right? Like Take the pictures. It looks fun on Facebook. It wasn't fun for you. Just stop, right? There's sand everywhere. They're crying. It's hot. You're carrying them. You're gathering things up like you're going on a trek to Egypt with Jesus, right? Like a camel with you, right? And so I, I, like my kids are getting older now, so the beach is a little bit different, but we don't even go to the beach that much. Like We, we go to Myrtle Beach, but we go to the pool. You know where we go to the pool? You can see the bottom, Right? I've seen shark attacks, I, I, I don't need to go to the ocean. I can see you from a distance, and so. But every year we'll go, and we'll spend a couple couple days at the at the beach. We do this massive packing up job, get all of our lunches ready, put them in our igloo, get our chairs, get their toys, put them in the thing, put it in the car. Know your car is never going to look the same again after a beach trip. Go to the beach, be there for two hours, maybe max. Takes 15 minutes to drive there, maybe two hours. Come home, be miserable. Anybody else? And so, I remember a few years ago, we did this, packed this up, made peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, got this like. 9:15 in the morning, we're rushing to get a good spot at the beach and we get there and uh, it's like 9: 30 my kids are hungry. I'm like, hungry for what? Was it lunchtime yet? I'm like, we just got here. Like, it's hot and there's sand all over me. So I, l- I just let them go into the, to the box, get their, get their stuff out. Carter and Lincoln are probably, you know, eight and six. or I don't know how old they are at this point. Harrison's just a little baby. They get out their sandwiches. They got sand all over their hand. They're eating their peanut butter and jelly sand sandwiches and all over them. And all of a sudden, seagulls begin to swoop around them. They're <laughs> darting at them. Now, my kids are, listen, if you grew up here on the boardwalk, seagulls are a part of your life. You've been crapped on by a seagull at some point, right? You've taken a picture of it. You tell people about it, right? Seagulls are not part of our experience. There's no boardwalk there. And so it's not like, and we go to the pool. There's no seagulls at the pool. And so they take it out. Seagulls start darting at them, right? They're making a scene. Like, like there is literally an air force coming at them to shoot them down, right? Bah, 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 bah. They're freaking out. Their sandwiches are going everywhere. They're flailing stuff all over the place. As they're flailing, seagulls keep coming. They're like, make them stop. They're running. The seagulls are following them. So I go, I'm like, give me your, give me your stuff. Like, give it to me. You guys throw it in the you I close it up. Guess where the seagulls went? They left. Right? They had the sandwiches and running. around. Like, why are the seagulls getting me? Because you, you, you have food and you're running. So no matter where you go, the seagulls come. And so how do you, how do you, how how do you keep the seagulls from you? That's the sound they make. Cock, cock. How do you keep a se- You get rid of the bait. You get rid of the food. You, you, you attract them. So you got to change what's in your hand so you get... Some of you are like, why do seagulls keep flying around me, right? Some single girl, you're like, yeah, that's what I'm... Seagulls, that's what it feels like, right? It feels like seagulls are all around me all the time. I don't know, get off Tinder. That's even a thing still, I don't know. Watch how you act. Watch what you put out there. Get rid of the seagull food and the seagulls will stop flying around you. You attract what you are. Not what you want. Let me just give you, give you one more thought then. So here, here's, here's where you go then. Um, so I asked you what you're praying for in the beginning. You track what you are, not what you want. Number three. So he, here, here's, my, here's my challenge to you. Don't request from God then what you are currently refusing to do for other people. Okay. I'm going to change your prayer life. Some of your prayer life is whack. Right? Some of you just need to go back to the Lord's Prayer. That's how you need to pray for the next month. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. You know the Lord's prayer, okay? And so just get there because your, your, your prayer life so shallow. You're asking God to do things in your life that you, you listen, you are not good soil. He, he cannot do that in your life because you are not a good steward of what he's currently entrusted you with. And so you want something from him and he's going, listen, I've already given you this and this has destroyed you. So before I give you more, you got to, you got to begin to be a good steward, and here, here's, 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 the, here's my challenge to you, okay? I asked you what you were praying for. Is what you're praying for right now, is it something you are, you are currently uh, reacting or acting or giving or, or moving in, in in your own life? And so some of you want God to be more generous, right? I'll, I always ask for that. Anybody else? Right? Like I don't care what, I don't care what the rapper says about more money, more problems. I don't, I don't buy that. More money, more opportunity. As long as you handle it the way God is calling you to handle it. So I always, God, we have we have bigger dreams, God. We got we got more we want you to do, God. Uh, we're, we're thinking about we're, if you're in Phoenix, we got we got a bigger lobby we want to go to. We got we got we got a new kids kids area we're going to open up to, because you guys just keep bringing kids. It's crazy. You just keep making babies, right? And so like we, we got all these things, God. I pray, God, I want more, God. Would you be more generous to our church, God? Would you do that? So here, here's if I want God to be more generous, if I want to. If I want to see it, right? If I want to see it, I got to be it. What, what is the answer then for me in that prayer? What's the answer? Can anybody know? As the leader of this church, what do we got to be as a church? Do we hoard it and say, okay, we're saving it up, God. Okay, just bring it in. Just bring it in. Like Scrooge McDuck, let me just bring it in, right? Just bring it in. Okay, look at all this money we have. Okay, God, now we can do it. No, no, the answer to more is to give more to give more the answer to God's faithfulness is to be more faithful the answer to listen the answer to kindness oh God I want I to want, uh, be more kind the answer In everybody ever like, I just want better friends I want better I want to have better community I think every person on this planet right now is, is, is inside man I want I just want to have more more connection more community uh, more friends I want to slow down life okay if you want that right what do you got to be you got to be more vulnerable Nah, I don't want friends, right? And so, like you you can't ask God to do things in your life that you are currently not doing for other people. In fact, I know this is true because Matthew 5 says this, and I love this because if this was ever acted out in church, responded to in church, half of the congregation would get up and leave in the middle of a sermon. It'd be incredible. Watch what Jesus says. He says, if you're offering your gift at the altar and there... You remember that your brother or sister has something against you so I'm coming I'm making sacrifices to God and I want being right standing with him and then I remember oh yeah I'm trying to get God to forgive me and be in being right standing but there's somebody else who's mad at me right now right somebody else who's disappointed somebody else who has a problem with me what does Jesus say to do he says leave your gift there in front of the altar first go and be reconciled to them then come back with your gift. Could you imagine if we did that? Hey, here's the altar call today. If somebody's pissed off at you, point number three, get up and go. It'd be like three people here. It'd be like eight o'clock service, right? Right, but, but we're in here. What are we doing? I plead the blood, right? I plead the blood over my family. I want to have a family filled with grace. You can't have my family saved. Well, you know how Satan gets a hold of many families? Through bitterness and resentment. And I'm pleading the blood, the blood of Jesus over it. Meanwhile, somebody in your life is currently bitter at you and resentful of you. And you're in here pleading the blood over it. And God's going, hey, I get it. You want that. But first, go do that. Then come back and be reconciled to me. Don't ask God to do anything that you currently are are not doing. You want to see a blessing? Be a what? Come on. You want God to bring a better idea into your company, something that's gonna set your company apart from any other company? Call a company that's in the same field as yours and give them some of your secret sauce. You know what I'm talking about? The things that you protect like this, say nobody else can know what we do. Listen, God has better and more for the company that you run, but first, you gotta be a blessing. You wanna see generosity? Be generous. You wanna receive forgiveness? Be forgiving. You wanna be loved? You wanna be loved better by your spouse? love them better first right stop praying that god, god would you just fix them this is the day god <laughs> pray that he fixes you you want to have better friendships stop being a gossiping cackling seagull celebrate somebody else's success in your life be vulnerable you, you want to have people that are interested in your life Be interested, somebody who listens to somebody else's life. You want to be promoted in your business? Be trustworthy in your current position. Don't ask God to give you anything in your life that you're not currently giving to other people. Be, why why do I love it? Because we can go, okay, I got it, God. Okay, I'm here. Okay, I can literally go and apply this to my life right now. Right now, I'm I'm just going to take it and I'm going to apply this. I'm going to be what I want to see. I'm going to do to others what I want to see done to myself what I want done to, to myself this ain't no new something like this is so new age no it's not it's responsibility we don't like that right we don't like responsibility we don't like participation we don't like simplicity we like to confuse ourselves so then we don't got to do anything you know what I'm talking about it's real simple do unto others as you want to see done to you be what you want to see in your life would you stand to your feet would you bow your right head you close your eyes and I want you to get that, that, that thing in your head that you're praying for. I want you to get it right now. Wherever, wherever it is, I want, I want you to get it. What's that thing in your head you've been praying for? What's that thing you've been asking for? What's that uh, area you've been seeking the face of God in? And then I want you to evaluate it. Real simple, just evaluate it. Am I somebody who is currently asking God to do something in my life that I'm not doing for others? I'm asking him to be generous, but I'm not generous. Like it, some people are like, what, how do I know if I'm generous? Well, if you're a Christian, the first, thing, the first thing is you tithe. The second thing is that you learn to give. Tithing is just the bottom. You learn to give. You learn to, you learn to be generous. You, you, you tip goods. You, you pay for people's meals behind you. you. You look for opportunities to sponsor kids that go to camp. You pay for some kid that can't afford to play football. You pay for their way. You, you, you're just a generous person because you know you can't outgive God. You're just generous and everything that you do it's it's the Bible we're gonna learn it the Bible says more blessed to give than receive we'll, we'll talk about that in a few weeks you want to be happy learn to give some of you it's forgiveness I just I just need God to release me from this forgiveness this, this thing this bitterness is I mean, okay have you been forgiving some of you praying for a spouse well, let's be honest man and you just keep attracting seagulls you don't know why you gotta change it you gotta be what you want to see Some of you own a business. I need you to understand, if you're a business owner, I pray for you on the daily. I don't even know you, I just pray for you because I know it's hard. But some of you, the answer to what you've been asking God to do is changing how you currently run your business. Putting God first in it. Being a blessing, not a burden. Not having a scarcity mindset. I, I know how it is. I talk to pastors all the time. Scarcity mindset. The answer is, have an abundance mindset. Put that into practice. I'm not sure where you're at. I want you to think about it. And then then we're going to pray. But I don't know if you've noticed this. A lot of times we pray and then we say amen. And amen means go do it. So be it. I put it in God's hands. Let's act on it. I've committed it to God. Let me move forward in it. And so I'm just, I'm just getting it. We're going to pray about it. You're going to get it in your head. We're going to pray about it in a second. And then you're just going to act on it. You're going to act on it. You're going to begin to, to seek God in the area you've been praying with action. I'm going to be what I want to see. Maybe you're in this place, and uh, when I read John, John 10, you, 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 want, you relate to that. Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. I love that. What that means is uh, he's into your life. He sees you. He knows you. He values you. He has a purpose and plan for you. He is not out to get you. He's not out to get you. Like we, we think that about God a lot of times. He's just out to get me and stop me from having fun and stop me from living my life. And I, religion, I don't want religion. It just feels so, so sterile. And I don't want that. That's not Jesus. Jesus says, I've come to bring you life and life to the full. Listen, you have an enemy. His name's Satan. You've heard him referred to as the devil. If you're a Bible theologian, you know, you know his name is Lucifer. And the Bible says that since the beginning of time when he fell from, from perfection, that he's been on this earth seeking to devour people. His only goal for you is to kill, to steal, and destroy. He wants you to struggle with your identity. He wants you to struggle with feeling love, unloved. He wants you to feel undervalued. He wants you to feel not seen. He, he, he wants you to feel like a mistake. He wants the things that have been done to you to be so loud in your head that it feels like a, a, a weight is on you in everything that you do. He wants to see you fail. He wants to see you crumble. He wants to see you succumb to the pressures of this world. Some of you, he wants to see you take your life, like he's been working you over. That's the only way out. Just take your life. Jesus is not out to get you. Jesus came to save you and set you free. He's come to give you life and life to the full. And the Bible says that you can have a relationship with the one who knows you better than you know yourself. Through the cross of Jesus Christ. What do you do? Well, the Bible lets us know that we're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. The wages of our sin, the de- debt of our sin, is, the Bible says, death, is death and hell. we'll we'll live on this earth, be completely broken, completely full of sin, and then we'll die. And the Bible says that eternity will spend away from God in a place called hell. I don't speak that lightly. I'm not excited about that. It breaks my heart. Because of that, because Jesus knew that was our destination, he stepped from perfection into this broken world. And the Bible says when he was 33 years old, he allowed himself to be put as a sacrifice on a Roman cross. They nailed his hands. They beat his body. They nailed him through his ankles. They mocked him. They ridiculed him. They shamed him. The Bible says that he did that for us. that he shed his blood for the atonement of our sins. He died there. They took his body off of the cross. They buried him in in a tomb. They sealed it. They guarded it with the Roman soldiers. And his story was said and done. But he told them, I'm coming back. On the third day, they come to anoint his body. And the Bible says that when they came to anoint his body, that his tomb was empty. And that Jesus not only died for our sins, but he rose in power. He defeated both death and hell. The message is, he did all of that for you and for me. And he is the hope of the world, he is the only one that forgives. He is the only one that redeems, and He is the only one that sets free. And it's through Him that people like you and people like me are saved and set free. He's come to bring life and life to the full. He's not out to get you. He's here to save you. He doesn't care where you've been and what you've done and what you've brought into this place. He cares about your future. He didn't give up on you. He's not tired of you. He's not embarrassed of you. He's not sick of you. He loves you. He's never stopped loving you. And he wants a relationship with you. The Bible says that Jesus said, here I am. I stand at the door of your heart and knock. If you would let me in. How do you let him in? You confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. I need you, Jesus. I need a relationship with you. I want to follow follow you. I'm tired of doing this on my own. In faith, I give you my life. I'm gonna follow you if you're in this place if you're in Montgomeryville if you're joining us online you don't know Jesus Christ but you're ready you're ready for life and life to the full you believe what I said about Jesus you have faith you believe it you know that he has good for your life you're tired of running and you're ready to receive him and follow him I want to lead you in a simple prayer but I think something so significant happens when you physically respond to the gospel so I'm going to ask you to do something in this, in this room. If I don't, I don't know Jesus Christ, but I need to, every head bowed, every eye closed, all over our rooms, in, in your house right now, wherever you're watching, I don't know Jesus Christ, but, but I want to. But I want to. All over this house, is, if that's you, I want you to not worry about the person to your right or left. The Spirit of God is knocking at the door of my heart today. I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. If that's you all over our houses, would you just begin in faith and a bunch of courage? Just shoot your hand straight towards heaven right now for me and say, hey, today I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. I see a hand. I see a hand. I see hands. Hands. Yes. Anybody else? Today I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask him to be the Lord and Savior of my life. If you're in Montgomeryville, would you just keep your hand held high and they're going to let me know. I know you're in in, in, a, in, a, in a room by yourself or maybe watching in your car. Don't raise your hand right now. But maybe you just pull off to the side of the road and you would just type in the in the chat, I'm responding to the gospel. I'm responding to the gospel right now. Let's clap for the person in Montgomeryville right now. all over our houses let's play together repeat after me something like this say jesus christ come on second service you got to say it louder than i say jesus christ today i put my faith in you i know you love me i know i can trust you i know you died for me and today i want to live for you from this day forward you can have control now, I want you just to re- this right now. Some of you have been so stressed out about life, right? So stressed out, so worried, have so much anxiety. Um, one of the best definitions I ever, I ever read about salvation was to be able to breathe. I just want you to do that right now. I-, I don't have to be in control of my life. Jesus is. I want you to hear this truth. He loves you more than you can imagine. He has a plan that you can't even comprehend if you would just fully trust him. He's in control. Go ahead and say that to yourself. He's in control. He's going to guide me. He's going to direct me. He's going to lead my steps. Jesus, today, I can fully trust you. Thank you for that. Lord, as we celebrate, the Bible says all of eternity stops to celebrate when somebody responds to your gospel. Lord, we also take a moment, Lord, those of us that know you, to reflect on the power of your teaching and of your word. But so many times we can make our relationship with you so so uh, crazy, Lord. We 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 over complicated. And Lord, sometimes we just need to get back to the simple truths of your word. We can trust you. All of your promises are yes and amen. And Lord, we love this, this thought, Lord, that we can do unto others what we would like to see done to us, Lord, that we can be what we want to see in, in our life. And so Lord, I thank you, Lord, that there's a response that is required to this message. And Lord, we're going to see that all over this church, Lord. And as we respond in faith to what you're calling us to do, God, we'll see the fruit. The Bible says that we reap what we so, we love that principle. We reap what we sow. Here's the principle: you always reap more. Than, than you sow so thank you lord that we're going to put our seed of obedience uh, uh, of 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 listening to you and doing what you say in the ground and lord a harvest is going to grow forth we're thankful for that we thank you for everything you've done here today we will never get tired of being in your presence of hearing from your word of having you challenge us change us and come and, and push us out back into this world to do the work that you've called us to do to be the light to be the salt lord thank you for all that you've done in jesus name we pray all over our houses. Would you shout amen? Let's clap together one more time. Thank you for taking a few minutes out of your day to listen to our podcast. If you decided to give your life to Jesus after hearing this message, or want to learn more about how you can join us in person, visit jrny.church for more resources or to find a location near you. Have a great rest of your day.